Welcome to the final episode of the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Podcast with Kim working through her podcast. It's been many months since we spoke to Kim. She has now launched her podcast and she is on her way. So we wanted to find out what did she learn? What were the biggest challenges? What happened in this process of launching the podcast? Thanks for listening to this and enjoy the last episode of this season of the coaching series. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So welcome back to the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series, and I have back with me, Kim. Welcome back to the show. Yay. Thank you. I'm excited <laughs> to be back. <laughs> it was kind of a lukewarm yay. Oh, sorry. Yay. It felt yay inside. <laughs> oh, okay. That's okay then. We will judge it on the inside feeling. <laughs> okay, um, it's nice to have you back. It has been months since we've spoken. Absolutely yeah. months since we've spoken. And big news, your podcast is out. Yay! <laughs> I hope that one was better. <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited. Awesome. So, like, when did it come out? Uh, when did it launch? Where can people go to listen to it? Oh, gosh. Um, it's launched. It's been kind of a whirlwind the last few months. I think it launched in October, the beginning of October. Okay, and we're now November, so it's been like a six weeks, five, six weeks since it came out. Yes, there's three episodes out so far. I've been doing releasing one every two weeks. It's on Spotify, and I think we're working on getting it onto Apple Podcasts. I'm not in charge of that part, but we're working on that piece. <laughs> um, and it's called the the Feminine Freedom Coach Podcast. Awesome. Awesome. So like what's happened? Because um, I'm always interested to know because I had this experience of putting a podcast out. Like on the day it came out, were you excited? What happened? Like how did it feel? Yeah, it was super exciting. I think, you know, you just never know what to expect when you put something new out into the world. So it's like slightly nerve wracking, but mostly exciting, you know. <laughs> and there's always like with each episode – there's moments where I'm like, okay, is there, is there something that I said that maybe somebody will judge or I said something that now I'll look back and be like, oh, shit, I wish I hadn't said that. The answer you know? is yes. Give mm -hmm. it time. Someone will always judge you and you will always think, why did I say that <laughs> 10 years on? Like the answer is yes to both those questions. It will happen. Yeah. And I think about that a lot you know, in the context of what I do, even since I started recording and now my conceptualizations of some of the things that I talk about have changed. So it's kind of wild to even just because of the lapse in time between when I started and, and when it's actually being, um, you know, posted, there's changes. And I, I think about like cancel culture at, you know, the extreme worst possibility, like, oh, shit, did I say something that like 10 years from now, people are gonna be like, oh, my God, she's so XYZ. And you know, but hopefully people accept that I'm a beautiful work in progress and I will continue to grow and change and evolve as best as possible and people will be okay with that. It's the only thing you can do is do your best. I mean, like take an extreme example, Friends, the TV series. I don't know if you've ever watched any of that back since, but there are so many... <laughs> like moments where you go given what we know now this yeah. was funny in the 90s but like whoa did you really totally. say that yeah um, and they were doing the best they could with what they knew and they did what they could and we're all doing what we can but you're right maybe in 10 years time we'll look back and go did I really believe that <laughs> yes totally yeah like uh yeah there's so much yeah, I, there's something about Mary. I don't know if you've watched that one, but that's the one that like I wa I watched back recently. I was like, oh, 
my, how did we watch this and think it was okay? <laughs> it was like one of my favorite films when I was younger. It right? was hilarious. Uh, but I've not we rewatched it with my modern like my new lenses. Oh I don't know God. how to say it, but my new way of thinking. <laughs> some it? movies age well, some movies. Right. <laughs> yeah, you will cringe. You will cringe. <laughs> I think I cringed at the time. That's true. It is like a cringeworthy <laughs> to begin with, but you know, add 10 years or when well, I guess it's more than 10 years now. That's terrifying. Yeah. Anyhow. So what's your advice to people who feel these feelings? of like putting it out there how do you get past it to actually get your podcast out there get your work out there because I think every entrepreneur feels it whether it's a podcast a blog launching a product like what if I get judged is a standard standard thought and of course the answer is you will get judged but like how do you get over it I mean part of it is like the recognition that the people that are saying the most edgy things are the ones that get the most attention so recognizing that if you say something that's meaningful, even if it's not um, beneficial 10 years from now, right now, it might be important for people to hear because it is on the leading edge of change. For me, you know, that's in a good way, as opposed to like in an offensive way. And I think also just understanding that you are, we are all a work in progress, and we're doing the best that we can. And if you're putting something out there that feels important, and is going to be meaningful for people, in their growth, then it is what it is. You know, it's important. It's important now. I think I remember years ago reading something from Tim Ferriss saying that if you don't offend someone, you're probably not doing any good in the world. Because if you deliver a vanilla bland message in the middle, it's not going to offend anyone, but it won't actually do any good either. And someone is always going to get offended. And you're right. The people who get the most attention are the ones that normally say the craziest bat (laughs) mad stuff. Um, And I don't think we're anywhere on that scale because we're actually conscious. I don't want to offend people, but I do want to help them. And sometimes you have to like the beliefs and things that are holding people back from making progress. If you challenge those beliefs, you will offend some, but you will free some. Yeah. And it's really quite interesting, like that balance of how far do you push it to go through those things? Totally. Like uh, uh, one of my coaches would say like your, your, your content is meant to trigger people. Like you can't grow unless you're triggered. If you're not on the edge of your comfort zone, you can't move forward. So I kind of think of it that way. Like I'm supposed to trigger people, but in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of how I see my job as well. And the expression that I use is everything you want is outside your comfort zone. Otherwise you'd already have it. So (laughs) like it's my job to push you outside your comfort zone, which by definition means you will be uncomfortable with what I am saying. Otherwise, if you're not uncomfortable, at least a few times, we haven't made progress. Yeah. Yeah. And I notice, like if I say something that is a little bit more, what's the word affirmative, um, maybe on the edge of what is known or pushing people to grow, I'll watch my follower count go down on Instagram because it does offend people, you know, but the people that are in the right place, you know, to work with me and the ones that are going to, you know, really receive it, they're going to stay my audience. So it, it does, it, 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 you do lose an audience sometimes when you say things that are important. I think the key there is remembering we're not in it to make friends. We're not in it to have please everyone. Because by definition, you can't please everyone because we're all different. There's always going to be people in different places. and But it's not nice. I don't know about you. Whenever I get like my mailing list has grown dramatically for the blog and different things. And you always see each week there's like, oh, 50 people have unregistered. <laughs> yeah. like, it's not pleasant. It's no. like, what did I do? What did I do? And yeah. I do, like, it feels horrible. But then you go, well, 100 signed up. So yeah, like the 50 that left <laughs> want something else. Fine. Good luck to them. But mm-hmm. it always like it stings. It's like a little, I don't know, needle. It does. Yeah, I feel that too, for sure. And like occasionally I'll be like, who was it that 
unsubscribe to my list. Like, <laughs> you know, you even do that, like the, you know, the Facebook stalking for worthiness, the validation and, but it, you know, ultimately they're not the right audience. So that's okay. You know, you don't need like a huge audience in my opinion to, to, to do the work and help people. You just need the right audience. We have to find the people who want to work with you, who want to make that progress, whatever it is. And I think that's the same in any business. It's just getting comfortable with it. Like with sales, you're out there looking for the people who have the problem that you're trying to fix. And you actually want to get through as many of the people who don't have that problem as quickly as possible to get through to the people who do so that you can actually help them. I think it's just, yeah, in sales, you get actively rejected in what we're doing you see people leave your platform or do this is kind of like an active rejection that stings a little bit I've never really got over that I just deal with it and kind of feel yeah. a bit grumpy for 10 minutes and then move <laughs> on with life I just try not to look at it I mean yeah. every, everybody else that I've, I've talked to about this is the same way like if you if that's what you pay attention to you're going to feel crappy <laughs> so yeah I just don't look yes MailChimp sends me an email saying how many people have joined my list and how many people have left my list and most of the time I just delete it but every now and again I click on it and read it and then yeah it never leaves me feeling happier if you're listening to this MailChimp can you write something that leaves me feeling happier <laughs> we need like an option for do we want to know how many people unsubscribed or we only want to know how many people subscribe? <laughs> yeah, that's a little too much for me too. So what's been your experience? Because the podcast has been out six weeks. You've released three episodes. Has anything come from it? Have you got messages back? I had that experience where I'd been doing the podcast for two and a half years and then we had a change where Choose FI weren't going to support it anymore. And I did that podcast episode going, are any of you out there listening? Please send me a message. Because <laughs> um, I felt like I was putting it out there. And thankfully, a lot of incredible people who listened to the podcast messaged and said, yes, we listen, keep going. And thank you for that. I love you for replying to people out there. But there is a moment of like, you put it out there and black wholeness can happen. Have you had that? What's happened? How do you feel about the first three episodes going? out yes to black wholeness i'm pretty used to that at this point because i've been doing instagram content creation for a couple years now so i'm pretty accustomed to that feeling of like putting something out there and not knowing if anybody has looked at it at all and i don't like sometimes i almost prefer it that way because then i don't have to think about people's judgment you know and potential reactions it's like oh just put it out there and and so sometimes it surprises me when people tell me that they like read my email or, or, you know, I'm like, Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> so I've had, I have had a few people, clients and, and friends say that they've listened and that's been really nice. I haven't had any negative criticism, um, only positive feedback and yeah, I, not, not too much yet. I'm still in that beginning phase where I'm just like okay I'll just put this out there and we'll see what happens and it's still kind of tiptoeing around it I think once I get more used to it I'll be more confident to be like here's my podcast episode and please listen to it and tell me what you think and you know it still feels like a very new to me to share my work as it's happening live with the world because it's always happened in a little bubble. <laughs> so I promote it on my, my Instagram and my email list. Um, but I haven't been super active about asking people to listen to it directly or being pushy with my ask for people to pay attention as of yet. The fact you're framing it as being pushy probably means <laughs> you're not excited to do it. I am. I am. I think, you know, I've also just been busy. My life has been busy too. Um, so I haven't focused in on it crazy amounts, but I, I am excited that it's out there. I'm just still in that phase where it feels like it's my baby and I'm not sure how 
comfortable I am having everybody in the world listen to it, I guess, you know, I, I want them to and I want it to go well. No matter how hard you try, not everyone in the world will listen to it. There's like <laughs> 7 billion people and I've been trying very hard. Sure. <laughs> I have not got 7 billion listeners yet. <laughs> yeah, that's the true story. No, I am excited. I just, I guess I, I'm not there yet. I know I will. I'll get there. I'll get comfortable and I'll be like, yeah, check out this one. It's awesome and feel really super comfortable talking about it. It's just like, it's still new. Yes, yes, definitely. And a thought for you as we're talking about this, I did a podcast for someone else's show, Business Without Bullshit, earlier today. And they asked me the question, what advice would you give to your younger self? And the advice that like, I'd had the questions in advance, so I was able to think about it was go out there harder and faster and bigger, putting it out into the world. Because when I first launched Rebel Business School, which was pop-up business school back then, I sold one, I did it, and then like I waited a long time to see if it worked before going and selling another one. And like I only did two, I think, in the first year and then six in the second year. And it, like it was a very slow build. And I didn't go out there selling it, pushing it, making it happen. And if I had, it would have been, we would have got a lot further, mm. a lot quicker, but I didn't do it. So my advice to my younger self was put yourself out there. The worst that happens was you get rejected. The worst that happens is people are a bit grumpy at you for saying something you didn't mean. Just like you've got nothing to lose. Put yourself out there, go out faster and harder. And I say this to a lot of people who are launching businesses, like make 10 times the sales calls, spread 10 times the message, get out there 10 times bigger than you think you would. That would be my advice for my younger self would be to go out bigger. I wonder how that fits with what you've just said. Yeah, I think in terms of confidence, because it's something that, I mean, I haven't put a ton of attention to putting it out there. And in terms of confidence, and I know that it will build, right? Like, I know that this is just like imposter syndrome that will pass once I get more comfortable with it being out there. And just with time, I, I don't know, yeah. more, more positive feedback, you know? What but has to happen like, for you to feel comfortable? I don't know. I think I do think part of it is just time, like just having it out there, me personally, without other people's input, just being okay with it. And then maybe having some more positive feedback would help as well. And then I think also just, you know, I've been busy in other pieces of my business and navigating all of that and also working on scaling back big time in terms of the amount that I'm working all together. So part of me wants to like put lots of time and energy into podcast launching and other things. And then part of me just wants to be like, okay, I'm working between the hours that my kids are, you know, at school and that's it. And I'm going to, you know, make it an easy day. So it's a it's a combination of all those things and kind of balancing everything. Yeah, that makes complete sense because you do have competing sort of priorities. I have that. I have, there's so many things I want to do and could do, <laughs> but like I also want to spend time with Katie and go running to look after my health and do this and do that. Yeah. And it's like, where are you going to spend your time? So how overall is the business doing? How are you doing overall with the business? Is it going in the way you want it to go? Is it? Yeah, it's going super well. I made big changes over the last, I don't know, six months, eight months, something like that. I hired five new people to work for my psychotherapy practice in the last few months. And wow. Yeah, so I'm changing a lot so that I can scale back my hours for one-on-one -on -one work and I launched a membership program in the last week. <laughs> so, and I also took a month off of work. Um, <laughs> so it's been busy, you know, but it's going really well. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, I was able to restructure my business. So I really don't have to work in terms of seeing clients myself if I don't want to. And now everything feels very much like it's my choice. Like I can choose 
whether I want to do a membership program or want to do nothing in terms of more work or just manage my, you know, psychotherapy business or see some one-on-one clients, but have them be super aligned or focus on a podcast or, you know, it's going really well. Excellent. I love it. And how was the launch? Is that where your time and promotion went? Most of my time went to not working for (laughs) the last month. (laughs) The launch went well. It's fine. I mean, I didn't know what to expect. And I've invited a lot of my previous clients to be there for free to start so I can kind of like get it going and enjoy it because I know I I like these people and in working with them with a few paid people on there and then we'll see how it unfolds I have no idea awesome a mini experiment I love it definitely an experiment (laughs) for sure so what are the biggest things you've learned through this process of launching the podcast and our time together? Like, what have you learned going through this that you would share with the entrepreneurial audience and say, I've learned this about the business, about what I'm doing, um, that you think would help the people listening? I, I definitely think trying out a podcast in terms of, you know, running a business and, and learning how to build an audience, I think creating and launching a podcast has been really valuable for me because I've learned a lot about what I want to say to Mm. a larger audience as opposed to my little safe bubble that I was in before. It's, yeah, it's been uh, helpful to break through that level of imposter syndrome and step out, be more visible, to share my message more clearly to share my work more transparently and for free. All of those have been really valuable experiences for me thus far. And I do, I hope to keep, you know, doing the podcast regardless of how many people are listening because it's, it's in my experience, it's valuable to experience for myself and also the information that's going out there feels important to share. So I'll, I'll plan to keep doing it. And I do hope that it, helps me grow my audience we'll see we'll see it is interesting (laughs) like just the act of creating the podcast forces you to refine what you're saying and think about your business differently you have to think of a way to communicate what you want to say what's most important how it works and having had a podcast for some years now it does make me think about what am I trying to communicate what do I want people to do how do I help them make the most progress in the shortest period of time and I think what you've just said about just launching the podcast has helped you to refine those ideas it's the same with everything the people listening to this like if you want to make progress launch a podcast do a mini experiment, launch an offering, start this, do something. And it's in the action that you will get the learning that will help you define. And the podcast may or may not be the thing that makes the progress, but maybe it'll refine your message. So the public speaking we've spoken about will take off with that new message. Maybe the podcast refines the message and enables you to teach the psychotherapist you've taken on how to better serve your clients like something will come of it and it's not always what we expect. However, the only way to find out what will come of it is to take the action anyway and make it happen. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoy it. I enjoyed doing it and I learned that. And, um, you know, one of my goals in starting was to be comfortable speaking publicly, to be comfortable being more visible. And I definitely feel like that has been a successful experience for me for for sure you definitely seem less nervous than our first episode together (laughs) thanks (laughs) I feel a lot calmer too (laughs) yeah I do just breaking it down to help people with this stuff like technically you had Patrick who worked with you on the podcast Mm -hmm. so other than getting a microphone and setting up he helped you do a lot of the technical stuff yes like, what have been the biggest challenges launching this podcast or getting it out there? What, what have you like? What's made you become stuck, and then you got unstuck, and you learned how to get past it? What's been the difficult pieces? 
I mean, for me, the only thing that was difficult was just choosing to do it and breaking through the imposter syndrome. I don't feel like the act of doing it was difficult. And I, I even think that I could potentially do the editing and, and all of that myself. I just don't want to time wise use, you know, <laughs> same, same. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel confident that I could do it there. I learned about some um, editing softwares that seem pretty cool and easy to use that are automatic. You just like put your video in your record your your um audio in and you can take out like ums and everything super easily so yeah i think it's been quite an easy process the thing i'd love to highlight from what kim just said is the hardest part is choosing to do it and getting over the imposter syndrome and i think that's the same for everything we do it's that like stuff it's the bit before you start that is the hardest part and uh, my wife tricked me into doing some work yesterday. Um, she's wonderful. She used a trick that I've used many times, which was, let's just do 15 minutes and then have a rest. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I can do 15 minutes. <laughs> and then we started it. And guess what? We both got into it. And two hours later, <laughs> I'm like, where did that time go? And we made huge progress. But it's like that getting started is the bit that you need to get past so you saying i had to decide and get past my beliefs and thoughts about the thing then once you started it's like okay i just need to record this do this do that and like find a fancy microphone which looking in the video you've got a way fancier microphone than i do now <laughs> um, and then you're started is that kind of the experience you had yeah yeah, I mean, it, the actual technicalities of doing it were super easy. I mean, occasionally there were technical issues with making sure people's mics and stuff are working or there weren't mm -hmm. like children screaming in the background. But other than that, it's been, you know, you just get on and talk for an hour and do what you normally do and then edit it. It goes up. To, I don't know. Super easy. So if you're thinking of launching something, please just get on with it. <laughs> That's the message to everyone, I think. Um, so is there anything you wanted to talk to about today in like our last episode of this coaching series? Is there anything you wanted to chat about? Or Yeah, I have questions for you. I'm very curious about the, I guess, choices you've made in your business and, you know, choosing podcasting over other avenues or maybe you know you try to tackle all of the marketing strategies like I'm curious about how you feel about podcasting and versus other types of marketing so I guess to me the podcast isn't necessarily marketing it's my way to share my message and that has been what I've been looking for for many years is I want to defeat the belief that it takes money to make money. I want to change the way on entrepreneurship enterprise is taught. I want to get my message out there and help as many people as possible. So podcasting seemed like a natural place to be able to reach many people. And we're mm -hmm. heading towards a million downloads, which is unbelievable. And That's so cool. That was the, like, get it out there and do that and reach those people and help um, do I think the podcast, like I've never monetized the podcast. Uh, we had a big discussion about what to do with it. Uh, I think it leads to people coming to Rebel Business School. It does lead to people coming to Rebel Finance School and what we're doing. And we've got the new course that we've just, we're about to start Monday. So by the time this comes out, it will be started. Our new Extraordinary Life course, which I'm super excited about. We've got 4,000 people signed up to come oh, along, wow. which is just amazing. On all the marketing tools, I cannot do them all. I, you just literally, there are too many ways to share your message and you cannot focus on them all. You have to pick one, two or three and get good at them and go big and put them out there. So I've always been, what am I focusing on? I think I've realized the differentiator for me is the way I communicate my message and our live courses. That's what we're really good at is mm. the simplicity of, the message and the live courses. So I'm focusing more on the live courses recently to really 
that's huge value and gets huge interaction. And I love helping people through those, but you cannot do it all. You just, even if you were to hire a team of 20, like if you had all BMW's resources, I don't know why I picked BMW, but I felt like they had a lot of money. (laughs) If you had all their resources and all their marketing teams and all their agencies, they would still say they can't do it all. Mm. They would still say we're too busy to do this, to do that, to do the other. You just can't do it all. So you just have to pick the ones that make the biggest difference from your business and focus in. And the only way you know which ones make the biggest difference for your business is by trying a bunch of them and going, okay, email marketing actually worked really well. Facebook ads I tried didn't work. This I tried did work. Instagram's working well for me because I like that. TikTok what is that? Um, <laughs> you do a bunch of stuff and test it and then go, actually, these three make the biggest difference. I'll double down on it. I, I know there's messages out there from like Gary Vaynerchuk of going, there's all these platforms. Why wouldn't you be on them all? But that's like impractical advice for someone who's starting a business. You just can't do it all. There is too much. That sounds miserable too, trying to, trying to do it. I mean, it's hard enough to tackle like one or two, let alone a, a ton of them. Because there exactly. was a point where I was like, oh, I'll put this on YouTube and then I'll repurpose for Instagram and TikTok and do a podcast. And I do some of that. But um, beyond that, I'm like, I don't even my brain doesn't even have space for any other potential, <laughs> <laughs> you know. So I guess I was curious because. You know, for me, I've been in that exploration process of figuring out where I want to spend my energy in terms of getting the message out there. And to me, that's like synonymous with marketing. And I guess I've chosen a few based on what I like to do. And I don't even pay attention. Like, I'm not somebody that pays attention at this point to analytics or tracking or any of that. I just do what I enjoy and hope that it works out (laughs) I don't know you know which is great if you've got a big business or a business that's bringing in revenue that you're earning money but if you're not bringing in that money then you need to focus very carefully on what am I doing and how does that translate into cash and the analytics is how you decide that like if you've already got a business that's working and then you're doing the promotion that you love to do on the side I think that can work very well Um, I think I do want to make that clear for everyone listening is you have a business that produces cash. Yes. It is making the money. Yes. Yes. And I had like that, that business is established and, and it's functioning and growing. And I don't, I I don't, I don't have to do a lot of marketing, thankfully for that business in order for it to be successful. So my psychotherapy practice, and then I have my coaching business, which is where I do a lot of like, I, I play around to, to see what I enjoy and I don't, it's not as big a concern to me how much money that business is going to make. Obviously you wanted to make some money at some stage. Yeah, I did. Yes. And I think in the last year things have shifted to a point where it feels like it's not as big of a concern. And I've consciously done that. I consciously restructured my businesses so that I could offer information for free and do lower fee services and stuff like that so that it it feels more space spacious for me when I feel like the money's coming in elsewhere I can just do what I enjoy um so I think that's where my curiosity was lying like do you do you track you know do you have a conscious awareness of like which avenues for getting the word out have a greater ROI or is it mainly based on what you enjoy doing like do you love podcasting you know so I absolutely love the episodes where I'm helping someone to overcome a problem we can figure it out I absolutely love those episodes I love working with people on those sorts of things Um, I love some of the ones where I get to interview like the one where we interviewed the co-founder of Starbucks about how he started it and was building the furniture in his parents basement and stuff like that and then I interviewed David Allen from the book Getting Things Done and I like I you meet people that you're like wow I want to know how you did that mm-hmm. um and I love running that podcast bit and I get so much out of it I do 
so it's interesting because there's different phases in your business life. When I started, it was like, okay, I've got to sell. Otherwise, I can't eat. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to buy vegetables and have a house. <laughs> like I must sell. So then you're hustling and you're selling and you're growing. Then you get to the stage where the business has matured a bit and you end up being more of a figurehead and the customers want to see you and speak to you because you are the person, the human, and then they buy it, but you're not necessarily delivering it. The other people are delivering it, but they still want you. They still, like, that's it. Um, and then there becomes another stage where you get to financial independence and you're like, okay, I've hit my financial independence, but... I still have to have purpose in my life. I still have to have meaning. I can't just sit on a beach with guacamole and do nothing. Um, and then you start to make these choices, which I think you're talking about, which is like, where do I want to invest my time? Like, I want to help people. I want to have an impact. And I do that through live courses, through the podcast and through those are actually my main two ways and through blogging I guess is my other one which I love and then you start to focus on those things and you let go of what gets you to that point and I think that's always the thing is what got you here won't get you to the next step so for me what got me started was like creating these incredible courses and selling them And then what got me to the next phase was trying to get other people to take over it and to build it and to do that. And I actually had to get out of the way to allow them to do that. And then I'm at this phase, which is, okay, I want to make the biggest impact in the world possible. And I do track it. Like I know we're currently running this extraordinary life course. We've got nearly 4,000 people signed up, which is just mind boggling. Crazy. Um, I cannot imagine that number. <laughs> it's a cool course. It's going to be so much fun. I love running the big courses with KT. And I know, like, so the biggest things people came from were my mailing list. Brad from Choose FI shared it on his mailing list, which had mm. huge impact. Lots of people signed up. Pete, Mr. Money Mustache, uh, he shared it on his Facebook, which was very kind of him. But I built up these incredible relationships where people know I'm not trying to sell something, so they will share what I'm doing because it actually will help their audience as well. And those those things had huge impact, and that's where the signups have come from, from the course. Uh, then I'm going to deliver huge value uh, to the people that show up and do the best I can to help them create their version of extraordinary. So I do track what works and I still do like, even where I am now, I still do that. Okay. I'm going to share it on my own Facebook. I'm going to message this person individually and say, you Mm. should come to this course. It'll be useful. I'm going to tell my friends when I speak to them on the phone, I still do that stuff. It's still the one-to-one communication as well. Um, but I definitely have realized like the people who have big audiences can help you get out a lot wider. Um, so if you've made friends with people who already have those audiences, like it's incredible how far it can go. Hmm. It's very interesting. Yeah. I'm just processing everything you just said. Cause it's <laughs> for me, I'm not, you know, I'm like uh, not quite to that point by any means. And just, just just starting into the idea of growing an audience period outside of the small the small bubble I had um, and also I do finally feel like for the first time probably just in the last few months that uh, there's no strings attached to what I'm doing I mean maybe not no strings but there's not the same level of like strings attached to what I'm doing financially. And so it feels very different, the idea of, you know, sharing my information for free without hoping that people are going to buy things, you know. I mean, obviously, that would be nice and it would be helpful, but it's not it's not a necessity in the same way. And I think the interesting thing is the more you share what you do for free, the more people then come back. And I had this expression that I've lived my life by, which is the more you give, the more that comes back to you. And I think the only, there's two sort of caveats to that statement. One is you have to give freely. 
Like if you give freely, then stuff comes back to you. And two is you do need to ask for what you want at some stage because I think people do miss that bit. They give freely mm-hmm. for ages and then they forget to ask for what they could do with help with. And if you don't ask, you don't get. My mum drummed that into me. I never understood it until a lot later. Sorry, mum. But if you don't ask <laughs> for what you want, you don't get it. And like this is probably a bad example, but I'm going to go with it anyway. We're out for a family meal with my wife and her family and the bread rolls that they delivered at the start were amazing, like warm bread rolls. And you know, when you melt the butter on it and just so bad for you, (laughs) so good. And I like the waiter came over. I made, it was a waitress. Anyway, I made her laugh. We had a chat and I said, those bread rolls were really good. Do you mind if I have another one? And she was like, and she brought one round, put it on my plate. <laughs> and Katie's brother looked at me and goes, I didn't even know you could do that. Um, <laughs> and it's like, well, if you ask for it, it's amazing. And I did it in a nice way. I made her laugh. We had fun. But it's amazing what comes if you ask for it. So I think there is a like an asterisk. You, you give, but you do need to ask for support as well. So when you ask on your podcast you know please subscribe please Mm -hmm. share you have to ask for what you want but you give value give value and you do not tie it like I will continue giving value whether you share my podcast or support me it doesn't matter but I think people give and then forget to ask and quite often people want to help you because they've got value out of your writing your podcast your product your service they would love to help you they just don't know how yeah that's that's very very helpful to hear the you know both the the asking piece and also just the the networking and connections it's it's nice to have those people in your corner too i think as you're building businesses for me it's been huge to have some supports like you you know like having some supports as i grow is massive it's so helpful (laughs) Yeah, and people genuinely want to help. And I think I had incredible people who helped me along the way. Some of them don't even know I exist because they help me through their books or their blogs or their podcast. Some people do know I exist because I directly spoke to them and they gave their time very graciously. But that makes you then just want to help like the people. And it's not even about age. It's just people at different positions because they're people who are older than me starting businesses now, but I can help in that way. So it's not even about age, but it's helping like the people who are just starting the journey you've been on for a while. Yeah. And you want to help. Like it's genuinely makes me feel nice. I don't think people <laughs> realize they're like, well, I don't mean to imposition you. It's like, I like to help. And if I can help in some way, I will. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it, I mean, for me, that has shifted a lot in terms of my availability to be able to help has shifted a lot over the course of where my business has been. So even just, I think I had a big guard for a while when I was in that hustle place. Cause I could, I didn't have the space to, to, yeah. to fully, you know, help. But now I'm like, I email back and forth with people all the time in a way that I wouldn't have five years ago. Cause I just didn't have the space and time. So yeah, it's been really nice to get to this place and be like, oh, I have the energy and I don't have that big guard up anymore and I can connect with people more and it's just really lovely. And Alan genuinely does want to help, just so you guys know. (laughs) 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 It's true. (laughs) Yeah, it's not all just a facade. Um, (laughs) I would also say that even when you were in that hustle fail, selling selling the psychotherapy sessions and helping Mm -hmm. people, you were still helping people in those sessions totally. your your work was just focused like if you want help here is how it one works this is yeah. what I'm doing the same when I was at that stage I was selling rebel business schools and it's like come to a rebel business school and I will help you yeah and like I'm still doing it it's just a slightly different and I didn't have and I still don't if you've emailed me and I've never replied I apologize uh, I still don't I cannot keep up with the volume of Mm. emails. I cannot keep up with the volume of the stuff. I do what I can. But yeah, I help in my own way and give what I can and space. I give with the podcast. I give with the live courses. 
uh, then I go off and do other stuff like running along the beach with Katie because that's what I love to do with my free time. <laughs> so I think you still were helping in that phase and I think it's important mm. to remember that. And I think to everyone listening to this, your business is helping people. Otherwise, they wouldn't be paying you money. So like we had Orla on with the dog walking. She is helping people doing dog walking and looking after the dogs and they pay because they're happy. And she might think, well, I'm not giving away my time. You don't have to. Your business is still doing it. I don't care what business. A cupcake business makes people happy because you give them a cupcakes. You are still <laughs> helping people. <laughs> so I think that's really key for everyone here to remember is your business helps people. Your psychotherapy business dramatically helps people. Yes, they are paying sure. for you. That does not take away from it. That does not take away from it in any way shape or form and sometimes when people pay for it they actually value it more which yes. we can have a whole debate about <laughs> free and that stuff but i actually I think, totally like, agree with that charge charge for it make money do good feel happy your business is making a difference in the world and i can almost hear the voices of people going my art business doesn't make people happy it's like yes it does you're putting art on their walls <laughs> you're looking after them and i can hear people saying my business doesn't do that i'm like yes it does just because my business helped people start businesses just because kim's business helps people in different ways doesn't mean yours doesn't we all need to help in all sorts of different ways to create this rich life that we lead Every business here helps people. Otherwise, you wouldn't be making money. And if you're not making money yet, you haven't quite found the way to deliver the value that people want and charge for it. And that's okay. You will. Dramatic pause. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think nice I have a big it. rant about the charging thing. Sorry. Like, I, yeah. I get caught up on that. I, like, I, I totally want people agree to charge. With you. I totally agree with you. I experienced it, you know, like when I used to run low fee women's circles and people wouldn't show up, but then I charge, mm -hmm. you know, X amount for psychotherapy that's higher than the average around. And I have tons of people wanting to come see me. So I have experienced that before. It's interesting. Sometimes you double your prices and you get more customers, but everyone thinks that reducing prices leads to more customers because we've been taught supply and demand is a straight linear curve and it's not always. Uh, and I find that fascinating. I always remember a Richard Branson quote. Have you heard of Richard Branson? Uh, I don't really retain names very well. Sorry. Oh, okay. Maybe? I don't know. He built Virgin, like the brand Virgin, so the airlines and the records. Oh, okay. and he's like, anyway, famous British entrepreneur that I was thinking no American might have heard of. Um, <laughs> Even if I had, I wouldn't remember. <laughs> uh, but he always said, there is always room in the market for the best in the world. And I thought that was really interesting that it doesn't matter if it's a crowded marketplace people are willing to pay if it's awesome. So if you deliver an awesome dog walking service, if you deliver an awesome photography service that's just so much better, there is always room in the market for something that is the best, is better. That's so good. I love that. Yeah, I didn't even come up with it. I wish I had. I like your explanation of it as yeah. well. <laughs> Learn from others. Uh <laughs> yes. So this has been incredibly fun. Where are you going next, Kim? With What are you doing next? Where are you going next? What's the plans from here? Yeah, I, you know, we'll continue to work on this membership program, which is a lower fee, wider, larger, larger program than I've done before. I've, I used to I used to and sold you a lot more like high ticket, one-to-one -one or group programs. So now I have like a wide range of possibilities for clients which i'm really excited about and um in terms of podcasts i we'll see if you know i'm, I'm navigating the balance between how many hours do i want to work and how do i want to spend the energy and time that i do have working but i do i really enjoyed it so i will probably do a, a second season at some point yeah and keep keep growing keep keep putting stuff out there and helping women 
tap into their power, hopefully. I love that. I love that. So if you're listening to now, please do give Kim's podcast a listen at Feminine Freedom Podcast, and you can find it on Spotify at the moment. Patrick, if you're listening to this, get it on Apple. Why haven't you done it yet? Come on, man. Uh, And yeah, thank you for coming back on the podcast so many months later and sharing what you're up to. We love hearing from you. Uh, And if there's anything we can do to support you, let us know. Um, We always want to help. Thanks. It's my pleasure. It's been hugely helpful for me to, to go through this process with you. So I'm just very, very grateful. Oh, thank you. Uh, and the closing message for everyone listening to the podcast is the hardest part is getting going. The hardest part is getting to start making the decision, actually taking that first step doing it. You probably have 10 ideas that you've not started. You probably have a bunch of things you just haven't quite got going. You're probably, you're in your business right now and you've launched the mini experiment, but you know there's that next thing that you want to do to make it go further. The hardest part is starting. So use a trick like my wife used on me that works so well and tell yourself you're going to do 15 minutes of it and give yourself an out. Um, Start the thing and go out there and do it. That's the advice I wish I'd got harder when I was younger, was just start and put it out there. You can think about it forever. And if you're an overthinker, such as my lovely business partner, Simon, it can paralyze you. You have to start. So please stop listening to me now and go and start. You rock. Go out there and make extraordinary happen for you. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.